Hello, and welcome to this episode of Filmy Ladies. Um, as you guys know, Beth and I are both gigantic animal lovers. Uh, Beth is a dog mom, and I'm a cat and dog mom. And our lives kind of sort of revolve around our animals. Um, and we love to talk about animals. We love to meet animals. We love to spot animals in Indian movies. And so this episode is one that we've been wanting to do ever since we imagined this podcast into being. Um, and that is, it's all about the animal friends that we spot in Indian cinema. Some of these animals are actually pretty darn smart and they really like take that story forward. Um, and so today we're just going to talk about those moments when we watch Indian movies and we go, that is so cute. <laughs> it's very intellectual, you guys. We're so intellectual. So intellectual. So I'm going to start with you, Beth. What is your number one? That animal is so cute. Oh, my, num in my number cinema. one. Oh, gosh. Yes. Um, okay, let me start. So I have four films picked out that I want to talk about, but there's like okay. endless of these, right? These anim animals are in Indian cinema all over the place and they have been yeah. for a long time, which is one of the things that's so great about this topic. Um, let me start with a film that I love that I feel like a lot of people don't like or just don't talk about, but when Ooh. they do talk about it, they seem not to like it. Rukhi Rani Charankaraja. <laughs> which is a, you know, a, a very 70s style masala film made in the 90s yes. <laughs> um, with Sri Devi and Anil Kapoor. And it is, it is, I just, I love it for many reasons, but one of them is the very helpful bird in it named Django, I believe his name is, right? Oh, okay. um, And Django is, um, you know, it, one of the things that's so great about Indian film animals is I feel like generally speaking, a lot of them do things that that animal could do with training, right? Like there's not a lot of um, absolutely ridiculous things about the animals. Once you kind of accept that an animal is a character, right. you know, like has, is trainable in that way or whatever. So like Django, you know, pecks out letters to identify a license plate. That's a clue to something. Okay. Um, and I, and he's just obviously a constant companion to Anil Kapoor's character. So I, I love Django, the helpful pigeon. Oh, he's just, a pigeon. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, he's a pigeon. Um, and I, and I was, pigeons are great in Bollywood too. I actually have a, a Kabuter playlist on YouTube of nice. pigeon songs. Um, <laughs> And I, I've always sort of liked pigeons because I grew up in a small town that didn't have them. Um, mm. And I know they're like the rats of the sky or whatever, but like <sighs> pigeons are great. They're smart. They help, you know, they do all sorts of amazing things for humans. And uh, I they love help to see them. Amrish Puri and Shah Rukh Khan Bond and Dalwale Dalaniya Lejangi, exactly. very important. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I just- Do love... you do you also enjoy being in your small town and feeding the pigeons and saying, oh, 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 in a stern Amrish Puri voice or not? We don't have pigeons really, okay. I don't think here, but I will gladly feed any critter if I'm, <gasps> if I am clear that I'm allowed to, because I, <gasps> okay. I try to follow the signs that don't say, you know, that say, don't feed the ducks. Like there's a pond oh, near my yeah. house that has ducks in it. And I do want to, like five-year-old me wants to feed the ducks, but I don't. Yeah. There's turtles <laughs> too, but I don't. I don't know what There's a very dire sign at my local uh, park because I guess they got so tired of people trying to feed the geese. There aren't uh, ducks, but there are geese over there. And there's like, it's literally very like hardcore. And it talks yeah. about how if you feed like breadcrumbs or whatever, it destroys their like intestinal tract. And I oh, looked no. at it and I was very alarmed. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> not that I was planning to feed the geese, but now I definitely will not. And now I just like side eye people who look like they might. 
I, I've just pulled up my notes about this film to remind myself okay. of what all Django can do. He can carry messages, steal diamonds. He not only pecks out the license plate, but he memorized it in the first place, of course. He attacks villain and he helps save his human from certain death when they're being dangled over a pit of acid. How would you, how does he do that? I'm Did having to look at my screen grabs. I don't acid. actually remember what he does with that. And he also sits on Anil Kapoor's character, uh, shoulder all the time and is like his little pal. So it's like, you're helpful parrot, but it's a pigeon. Right. Okay. That was great. What's one of yours? Um, my favorite is definitely Tuffy from Hum Up Can't Gone. Um, it, it's not a movie I necessarily uh, like or enjoy even, but I do very much enjoy Tuffy. And I think that Tuffy's acting is Excellent. I think Tuffy is a thespian yes. of the first order. He can rival Dilip Kumar for his acting skills. He's phenomenal. He's also extremely smart and talented. He knows that Madhuri and Salman are in love with each other. And he is so important to the plot because not only is he privy to all of the flirting and the cricket matches and all the, the sighing and the lovelorn lip syncing and all of that, but at the very important climax of the film, it is Tuffy who carries that little note in his mouth and runs up the staircase as fast as his short little stubby legs will allow him. And he goes and makes sure that the message is provided to the person who needs to read it. And that is how Tuffy saves the day. And so the movie should be called Hum Aapke Hai Tuffy. Um, so he's the most important character in that uh, movie because people in that movie don't know how to communicate. They don't. I, I loathe that movie. And <laughs> Tuffy is the only watchable thing about it to me. Like I'm I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I I watched it once and then I tried to rewatch it a while ago and I was like, no, life is way too short. Like I, I but Tuffy loathe it. Also has amazing. a very good wardrobe. So he wears yes. bow ties, he wears the straw hat, he has he has a very nice wardrobe. Less said about Madhuri's wardrobe in that movie, the better, because whoever is the costume designer of that movie, I think it might be Anna saying, but I'm not sure. They they clearly hated her because they put her in some of the most hideous outfits I've ever seen on a person. And I don't know how they could do her so bad, um, but they like Tuffy, I think, because they put him in nice things. So I feel I like, like Tuffy, Tuffy is kind of most people's favorite Bollywood animal, or he certainly, he I mean, he comes up all the time and he is, you know, if you are a person who's never really thought much about animals in the movies, you're still going to remember Tuffy and like, oh, yeah. he's, you know, and he's a very photogenic, cute, fluffy, white, is he a Pomeranian or something he like is a that? Pomeranian. You know, so he's a designer dog. He's, you know, clearly a status symbol. Um, <gasps> yeah. As you were talking about him, I was thinking about how I, I don't know that I've ever seen one of the, the lovely Indian street dogs in a movie. And I'm sure someone's doing that somewhere. And our friend uh, and film critic Uday Bhatia uh, has a whole mm -hmm. thread on Twitter about, I believe it, he calls it inadvertent dogs who are like <laughs> running, running through a shot. And right. those are often the street dogs, of course. And those are, yeah. great. so you should, you should, if you don't follow him do, and he you can look for his dog thread, but, um, or incidental the dogs, I forget what he calls it, but it's very funny. The indie dog that I remember is um, is from that movie. Um, I think it was Raju Bange Gentleman. Where remember it's uh, uh, was it Rajpal Yadav who is the, the the alcoholic who's always out on the streets and he sleeps under the lamppost. So. Yeah, and he has a street dog that is his friend. I don't know if the dog belongs to him or not, or they're just like go inhabitants mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but he's and he often has conversations with him too. He might but, be the, yeah. that might be the only one I 
can think of actually. Yeah. That's kind of the only one that's like coming to mind. I hope, I hope listeners will have seen some Indian street dogs with who are, who are not just passing by, who are actually part of, part of the story, even if they're not. um, I have to name here. I cannot talk about this topic without our former blog colleague, Todd Statman, um, mm. who wrote the blog, Die Danger, Die, Die, Kill. And he actually came up with a whole poll. He called it the Animal Olympics, where animal friends like were in a contest. Um, and Todd's <laughs> one of Todd's great legacies to pop culture is the Animal Olympics project, which I will link to. And it's very funny. And you will all laugh when you see what won the Animal Olympics. <laughs> um, I can't the, wait to find out. Yeah. But the, can you give me a hint? It's going to be very unexpected. And it really speaks to the the votership on Todd's site more than it does to actually this, <laughs> okay. this animal's appearance in the film. But uh, you will you will laugh. Um, While on the subject of street dogs, I will say that one of I, I mean I am a gigantic Madhuri Dixit fan, like in real life. Um, but I love the fact that she is probably the only superstar I know of who actually has a street dog. Um, so her dog yeah. Carmelo, who features very much on her and her husband's Instagrams, um, is a dog they adopted. From from um, the pound in India, like from some animal charity in Mumbai. She's literally the only person I know because everybody else has these like, um, you know, designer dogs that are adopted, many of which are completely wrong for the Indian climate. Like there is... um, And Mahindra Singh Dhoni, who is a cricketer, not a not a Bollywood person, he has like a whole menagerie of dogs. And it's all these like exotic breeds that you just look mm-hmm. at their fur and you're like, are you aware of the fact that you live in a tropical country? Like you should not have these dogs. They're yeah. going to have this like you should not be owning St. Bernard's and things like that. Yes. So it's one of the things I love about Madhuri so much is that mm-hmm. she kind of, you know, is just so sensible and level-headed. And I love the fact that she has um, adopted a street dog and she never even made much of a hoo-ha about it. Although I kind of wish she had, you know, like I wish she had like said something about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who is another um, of your favorite Bollywood animals? So I, dogs are actually not as high on my list simply because as a dog person at my very core, like, well, of course dogs are helpful and great. Like, yeah, duh, duh, they've been, you know, the human and dog relationship is ancient and you know, unique and special and wonderful. Um, and there's a reason it's like dogs who sniff out cancer and dogs who detect seizures yeah. and like and bombs sniffing sorry, dogs cat people like things. your favorite could never. <laughs> so I actually had this conversation with my husband because I'm a dog and cat person. Right. And uh, I think it was like a month ago or something that I'd seen this post on Instagram about this dog who sniffed out so many bombs or whatever in World mm. War II and they got, and their leg was blown off, but they yeah. were alive, thank God. Yeah. And they got like a medal for yeah. valor. The dogs and get medals. Yeah, and I have so many family members in the Indian military who also had India like military dogs and everything. Mm. And so I was just like flippantly saying to my husband, I was like, well, all of these like military dogs and like bomb sniffing dogs, like where's the cats? And my husband looks at me and he's like, really? <laughs> you met a cat. <laughs> like... He was like, if there was a cat and you told it and you trained it, it would just be like, no. And it would just go back to like bathing itself. <laughs> I bet that there are maybe not official military cats, but I suspect there are cats who, 
you know, cat's major service to humanity is rodent control around grain yes. storage, right? Which is very real. So I suspect, yes. in, especially in days of yore, there were unofficial cats who did a lot to keep food supply safe, not just for the military, but civilians as well. So that, you know, I, I don't want to say cats are useless. They definitely are not. Yeah. I, one of my colleagues says she is a dog person with a cat minor. That's how I feel too. Like I actually <laughs> do like cats, but like useful not really. There and is a cat animals, right behind me right now. <laughs> yeah, looking on. And animals do not have to be useful for us to love them. I'm not saying that. Yes. My dogs have been very useless. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they bark really at squirrels. They could tell me that the, you know, there was a leaf outside or something, but like, that's, that's not great. Um, but but yeah, so you I'm, know, my... My favorite um, schadenfreude story, and also because I'm a very vindictive person, as we all know, um, is uh, like not just vindictive in, in real life, but like, you know, I love the revenge dramas. But my favorite story is how, you know, in the Middle Ages, in the Dark Ages in Europe, they burnt all these women at the stake because they called them like witches or whatever, right? And cats were considered witches familiars. And so they they didn't just kill women. They literally heaped mm. up cats and threw them on the stake Oof. and burnt so many thousands of cats, the way they were punished for their stupidity and their evil and their anti-science mindset uh, was that the bubonic plague soon swept Europe and took out millions of people. And the bubonic plague actually started because the rat population got right. out of control. And it is a direct uh, cause and effect between the, the killing of so many cats. You killed all of these cats because you thought they were witches familiars. And then the rats got out of control and then the bubonic plague happened. So I was like, there you go. There is the revenge from our feline overlords. <laughs> so my so favorite, don't kill cats. My favorite dog in Indian cinema or dogs that I've seen, because there's multiples, are in a Telugu film called James Bond 777 which if you have not seen, you should. Okay. It's, a 70, it's from 1977. It is a black and white um, spy film, as you can guess from the name. It stars Mahesh Babu's dad, Superstar oh. Krishna. Um, and I I do enjoy the Telugu cowboy films that I've seen, but they're, or, or, yeah, cowboy films, but this one's a spy films, but, you know, some same kind of, um, you know, genre, genre films or whatever, if you like to use that term, but there are dogs in this who are like kind of the bad, the bad guys dogs, oh. but, but they, they rob a bank. How do they do that? Dogs, the dogs rob a safe and they've got like a little remote control thing. And it's, it's amazing. And they can pick up the briefcases of money with their mouths. Okay. <laughs> but what is, what is also great about these dogs is they're, they're trained well enough to like, you know, go pick up the thing and whatever, but there's a scene where they're supposed to be like fierce attack dogs and they're labs. And they're just sitting there with like, doo -doo 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 -doo, and their tails wagging <laughs> and you're like, dog's gonna dog <laughs> yeah what I mean and I actually really love that because you know sometimes especially in older films when you see a dog or any animal acting violently or whatever mm. you really wonder what the person has done to it to get it to yeah do that. these dogs are fine these are the producer's <laughs> dogs right <laughs> like <laughs> these are somebody's pets they they were somehow figured out how to get the <laughs> like they rubbed you know chicken fat <gasps> on the handles of the briefcases or whatever it took but like right. dogs these dogs are so great and i'll put a link in um in the show notes <gasps> where you can see screen grabs of these dogs even if you don't you should watch the film it's really good fun but if even if you just want to see the dogs they are adorable 
Oh, <laughs> very unconvincing at certain key aspects of their thing. But that I just, you know, to see them, to see like dogs off to the side with the henchmen, that's fairly common, right? Especially yeah. in something like a spy film. Yeah. But the, you know, to see them, A, fail at being hench doggies. <laughs> but <laughs> they're all the same. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, who's next on your list? Um, next on my list is actually a very gigantic mammal, and it would be um, the Hathi from Hathi Mere Sati. Um, this was one of my favorite movies when I was growing up. Sure. Um, it Eventually, my father taped over that video cassette, as he would, because mm. I would start crying too much. Um, but I loved this movie so much, and for the longest time, I deplored Tanuja. <laughs> the actress because I was too little and so I just saw her as this horrible villain person who is coming between the bromance between Rajesh Khanna and the Hathi and so I was like you are evil and you're this conniving person and after that I refused to watch any Tanuja movie for a very long time you are um, not the only person I've heard (laughs) say that like that poor woman right yeah like specifically about Hathi Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well yeah because I was like why are you doing this you're better than this apparently you're not so I hate you <laughs> but the Hathi in that movie was so darling and adorable yeah. and spawned this whole fantasy I had of how I would eventually get a Hathi spoiler alert I did not I had to make mm. do with dogs and cats uh, but I still would love the idea of um, of adopting a Hathi it would be fun it's one of the cutest movies I've ever seen um, but yeah what about I've you? I've actually never seen that one because <laughs> I, I very much love elephants and I have not trusted that I could watch it without crying and being oh, sad it's a weepy. for the animal. So like, I'm not, I, I really, yeah. I, I'm one of those kids who would very much have benefited from the website that exists now about does the dog survive the story kind of thing. Yeah, like, I still feel scarred by the velveteen rabbit. That rabbit was not real. That rabbit was a stuffed animal. And I still but I, can't. But it's sad. I can't, you know, like old yeller and all those. Things. I can't. Oh, like, no, I, I can't. can't. I can't do animal stories. I, I just so- can't. <laughs> My mom is a dog lover too. She, my grandparents had four dogs when, um, when I was growing up, like at my, at my mom's uh, parents' house. And a few years ago, my mom was uh, visiting and it's always a problem when my mom comes where it's like, what movie can we watch together? Because she doesn't really care for most Hollywood movies, but she Mm. also really doesn't like most Bollywood films. Mm. And so then it's kind of like, okay, then what can we watch? So the easiest thing is to take her to the library and take her to the audiovisual section and be like, have at it. Pick the movie you mm-hmm. want to watch. Mm-hmm. And being a dog person, she picks out Marley and me. Oh, and no. I had, no, I had steadfastly refused to read the book, to watch the movie. I was like, no, 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 this is bad news. But then my mom comes back from the audiovisual section with one cassette, like one DVD. And I was like, this is the one you want to watch? And she's like, yes, look, there's a yellow Labrador. Its name is Marley. And I was like, mm, okay. So we had no choice. So we watched it. And then things were fine and towards the last like 45 minutes of the film it was just like past the Kleenex between the two of us <laughs> we were just crying and crying and then I was like why did you pick this movie and my mother was like I didn't know he was gonna die so she's not allowed to pick movies anymore Fair enough. <laughs> I pick them yeah oh who else is on your list do you have any s- snaky friends I I I actually, 
sort of in passing in the last film I want to talk about. So put a pin in that and I'll come back to it. Okay. Um, the next one I want to talk about is, uh, we'll surprise no one, is from Darmvir from 1977 oh. because 70s Masala loves an animal pal. Yeah. Like um, and Sheru the Wonderbird, who is actually called Sheru the Wonderbird in the <laughs> credits of the film. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and Sheru, of course, saves baby Darmendra from being like thrown over the edge of the palace at the beginning Aww. and swoops him off and takes him into the forest where he's raised by Prawn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say where he's raised by Sheru, the Wonderbird's mommy, but no, it's Prawn. Okay. No, it's Prawn. Have you seen Dharamvir? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> okay. So it's, you know, it's that's a, the one where Dharmendra and Jitendra are in mini skirts. Mm-hmm, yes. I've seen one, many, yeah. many stills and, so and giggled at their muscular thighs. The setup is that, you know, that the, that Dharam is the real royal baby, but Jeevan is scheming and like tries to swap babies and whatever. Oh, yeah. And he throws the ro- actual royal baby out the over the edge of the castle and Sheru catches him and takes him to Prawn, who is, of course, his actual father. Oh. So, you know, like, it's great because Sheru, <laughs> Sheru knows what's what. And Sheru does other useful things as well. But I just... Um, so again, like, if you have a hunting falcon, which is what Sheru is, because Prawn is a hunter in the forest, like... It's almost conceivable that a falcon, if it happened to notice a baby being thrown from a parapet, could catch it. Now, I feel like the falcon might be more inclined to eat it, but especially (laughs) if that falcon is trained to catch prey and bring it back to the master, right? right? right. Like, so it's, it's exaggerated, but it's not completely made up. And don't get me wrong. I love completely made up when it's creative and stuff like that. But I think this is a very creative interpretation of a certain kind of very niche reality <laughs> that's like yeah. set into something that's obviously completely wackadoodle and whatever because it's Manmohan Desai in the 70s and I could not love it more but like there's something about the way he in particular uh, he obviously really loves animals and uh, uses them all the time in films but that's that's one of the greats in my opinion okay <laughs> um I also really love all the animals from Kun Mang. Of course, we have spoken about this. Um, I love the horse. Um, I love the doggy. I really especially love the doggy because I feel like at a very crucial juncture in the movie where the children really are completely helpless and have no one to help them because mommy is missing getting plastic surgery uh, from Tom Utler. And, um, you know, they have no protector. Their grandfather has croaked off in the first five minutes of the movie. And so they have no protector and they're living with Kabir Bedi, who is clearly a sociopath. And Sonu Walia is not being nice to them either. And so I feel like the only one who is taking care of them and giving them the strength to sort of like soldier on and survive until mom comes back in her, you know, avenging angel avatar is the doggy. And I like to hope that when they're sad and they're crying in bed because they miss their mommy, I hope the doggy is there and he's like taking care of them. And I love that scene. Yeah. And I love that scene when Rekha does come back and the dog just goes running up to her and he's like, I love you. And Kabir Bethi is like, well, that's strange. This dog hates everybody. No, he doesn't. He just hates you because you suck. And very what a dog, some dogs do, right? Very believable. Yeah. Dogs comfort, dogs comfort you. Dogs, you know, know who some of the the crappy people are sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, so it's, again, just a slight stretch of what, or not even a stretch, just a, a really in tune dog. 
Yes. Oh, I'm just building off of that. I know this is a for me podcast, but I have to shout out to this book that I just finished. Oh, you have to read it too, Beth. It's called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmes. And I literally finished it in one day because wow. I could not stop. Like I literally, I woke up in the morning and I was brushing my teeth and I was like reading it because I, I couldn't wait to see what happens. The reason I bring it up is because there is a dog in it and his Aww. name is 64 um, and he's uh, 630 and he's amazing. And no, he does not die. He's fine. Okay. So you can read it. It's very safe to read, but he is amazing. Like read the book mm. or the dog. It's not about the dog, but read it. Uh, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And I okay. see that, you know, they're adapting it. Okay. With Brie, <laughs> with Brie Larson. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about Brie Larson doing Elizabeth's role. Oh, and that's an Elizabeth. Huh? Your people. <laughs> My people. Hopefully she's a good one. <laughs> she's Oh, she's a great one. You okay. must read this book. It is okay. so good. I think I WhatsApped you about it. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. My next film is that this is my last one, actually, although I, I love animals across these films. This was a film that uh, I, again, am one of the lone defenders of on the internet. As far as I know, I'm sure many other people love it also. And it is with complete earnestness that I implore anyone to take another look at this film if they wrote it off because they saw it when they were 12 or whatever. A Juba. <laughs> Oh, yes, Ajuba. I do think you are one of the few people I know I that movie. Ajuba, you know, directed by Shashi Kapoor, the one film that he did, it too is a 70s masala film made in the 90s. Like, you know, I can see why this didn't work at the time, yeah. right? But it's very throwbacky, including the cast. But this movie has at least 13 species of animals in it which yeah. might be a record for all I know, other than like a movie that has a zoo in it or whatever, right? <laughs> it's got a sea monster who comes out of the ocean like with its clampy Ooh. claws after Amitabh's character. It has a helpful dolphin who basically fosters a baby. That's amazing. Yeah. We know dolphins <gasps> are mammals, right? So like, okay, um, amazing. It has, um, so here's my snake. I don't remember that this snake actually has a role or anything, but there is a scene like of a dancing lady and she has a snake mm. a la Brittany, you know? Oh um, yeah. So, and that made me think like, oh, you see all these amazing snake dances, but you don't actually see a snake in the dance very often. Yeah. So that was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Um, it has magic that turns people into animals. It has a helpful elephant who, you know, like pushes big rocks out of the way, which I think an elephant probably could really do, right? Yeah. If I recall correctly, the elephant also helps in childbirth. Someone How can fact that? check me on this. I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm pretty sure. I've also seen a movie where a monkey helps in childbirth. Now that obviously monkeys have opposable bumps. That so they I can, can do, imagine they actually. They can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, th that was a Myth and Chakraborty film whose name I was blanking me, blanking. I'm blanking on at the moment, but that's a that's a standout moment. Um. There's, and then of course there's Ajuba's horse that has the matching outfit to the super, superhero. And then there's a tiger who is, you know, supposed to be like a fierce attack tiger, but in the fight with Ajuba, it actually ends with a tiger sitting on its back legs and doing its paws in a namaste. Oh, that's cute. It has everything. <laughs> I, I don't think watch there's a dog, a montage but like, it's amazing. Of all of these animals. The animal clips. Yeah. 
I would do that. I, would I will send that. you some screen grabs if nothing else, okay. but it's, and there's like a, there's a little helpful mouse <laughs> at one point, I believe. And like, or at least a mouse who's running around doing things. And there's all, there's just everything. And it's like, you know, Shashi Kapoor, I think was not in a ton of films with animals. Actually, I'm, I'm fairly well-versed in his filmography and I, they're not very many that come to mind at all. Like occasionally he's on a horse, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. He's not in a lot of the really wackadoodle masala um, yeah, tends to have a lot of these animals. So it's kind of like, oh, he he never got to do that as a leading man. So now he's doing it as a director. I don't know. <laughs> and like Amitabh Bachchan, who, you know, I like, but who is not my most favorite, is in a lot of movies with animals, he is. right? He, he's well, definitely... that's also because he did a lot of Manmohan Desai yes. films. Yes. And he, you know, and he's a guy that you can believe being a shouty warlord on a horse and things like yeah. that. So he, he obviously has done a lot. So I kind of feel like I like to think that they were talking about the film and Shashi's like, do you want to have one of these and one of these? And how about a, how about a sea monster that comes out of you out of the ocean? <laughs> like, <laughs> someday, I hope there's a book about the making of Ajuba. It's, you know, and it's a Soviet co-production. That's really interesting. Oh, so there's, fun. yeah, there's Russian actors in it. Um, continuing the Kapoor family, you know, connection with right. the Soviet Union, which is really fascinating. There's all sorts of interesting stuff about Ajuba. Dimple Kapadia is there with, mm. again, her absolute shampoo commercial hair. Um, Rishi is in it. It's, you know, Shami is in I, it. <laughs> oh yeah, there's, it's it's a very bloated film. If very, I bloated, very, very bloated, very bloated. Yep. Um, yep. But I was recently watching, and I do not recommend this movie, but I recently watched um, Tujuti Memakar, Mm-hmm. Um, I just because I just wanted to see what the fuss was all about. And as expected, it was terrible. Um, but what stood out was Dimple Kapadia. So she plays Ranbir Kapoor's mom in it. And, you know, we all know Dimple is a grandma in real life. And God, the woman is so beautiful. But her hair, Beth, her hair, it is still as, it's still the force of nature <laughs> that it was back in the day like if you think her best hair days were like in Sagar mm. and uh, Jambas nope no she she still has the amazing hair like she's wearing all these like mumus and maxi type outfits and she's this very annoyingly loud Punjabi mom the movie is annoying don't watch it but her hair is like it just like transfixed to me the woman is just gorgeous but like cool older woman in maxi dresses like that's what I want that's my yeah did that, my aspirational aesthetic all she needs moment, is a martini so. Right. That's what what can I learn? What can I learn? What can I do? (laughs) I want to watch a movie where Dimple Kabaria is her fabulous grandma self and she's wearing moo's and she's just drinking like swigging like martinis and she's a cougar and she's on the lookout for a young hot man. But it has to be a comedy. I would watch it. Like where? So, you know, they've made these films recently with Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. um, Oh, yeah. Diane Keaton and I believe Mary Steenburgen, who I really like. Yes, book club. Come on, Bollywood, let's do that. I know. Like, there are so many of the great heroines. Um, Zina Daman, I mean, yeah, Zina Daman is she's fire. Really being amazing, um, you know. Please write them some movies if they would like to be in them. Like maybe they don't want to, and that's that's fine. Um, yeah, but. Good grief. Like get and like, do you remember how much everybody loved Mushmi Chatterjee and Piku mm-hmm. in that little role she had? Yes. There is, I feel like there is an audience for this, especially with streaming, right? Like, especially yes. with this diversified, nicheified sort of world that we're living in now, or like make a short series. I have to say, I didn't I I couldn't get into Masaba Masaba and I wished I could have, but I haven't you know, tried it. I bet there's I bet, you haven't because it's got fashion in it. I thought you would. I don't like Masaba Gupta. I find her very grating and annoying. Um, so I, I didn't want to watch it because I felt like 
I can't even stand her Instagram presence. She's going to annoy me. So I didn't watch it. But like we could write a Vera D wedding with the mom age people in it. Yeah. Right? And like give them, and I don't mean to define them by being a mom. I just mean, you know, generationally, oh, yeah. you know, let's give all these 50, 60, 70, 80 year old, amazing women, something to do. Um, and that there would also be room for a lot of the men that age too, that we don't really see anymore. They're in just sort of sideline avuncular roles or whatever. So. I even want the 75 less crowd. Like I want to see Vahida yeah. in something. She's yeah. like 83 years old, Absolutely. but like every time she comes to promote something, like, I don't even know what, why she comes on these shows because she's not actually acting in anything. So it's not like she's promoting something, but every time she does like an interview, she's so cute and charming Aww. and smart she's like razor sharp and she will like make points and if the interviewer just like misinterprets something she says she was like no no that's not what i meant i meant so and so and i'm like you go girl but she's like Love stunning it. and fantastic and yeah we need we need more of these um but yes uh, sorry i digress but dimple oh, no, no. hair still has me in like thrall i was bedazzled by it and bamboozled by it um <laughs> it is a force of nature it is a force of nature. How do you feel about all the sneaky friends that we see in the litany of Ichadari Nag and Nagin movies? I love them all. And I, I don't somehow think of those when I think of animal films and I don't know why. It's almost because they're... But they are like they, the no, most animally animal are. films. Yeah, yeah, no, they absolutely are amazing. I... You know, if you'd told me 20 years ago, you're going to get into Indian cinema and you're going to really like snake movies, I would have been like, oh. <laughs> but I, you know... I love the snake movies and I, you know, A grade, B grade, C grade, D grade, Z grade. Give me it. I'll watch any snake movie. Yeah. I'll watch crappy dubs of Southern films that are dubbed into Hindi because I mildly understand that better than I do any of the other Indian languages. Like, I, I love snake movies. I think they're so creative. I love watching how the, you know, when you get the person who is the snake and how they are, how that's reflected in their costuming and their movement, their lenses, their jewelry and their blue eyes or whatever green. I love, I love dances that are inspired by snakes, like the dance offs with like Reka or Sri Devi. Like those are just Mm, those are those are masterpieces to me. My favorite snake-inspired dance is from Guide. Um, the sure. little number that Vahida Rahman go, does when she goes to the village with all the sapere and she keeps doing that movement and it's mm. so beautifully done and there's no words. It's just the music and she's frustrated and angry and I was just like, oh, this is the best. But I think snake movies are so great, like all the Nagins and the Naginas and all of those is because it's always women and they're always taking revenge on mm -hmm. someone or some people who have wronged them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just like so cathartic for us. Right. Because that's like, yeah, there you go. You go and show that man his place and put him in his place. And like, you know, now you're like terrifying him and terrorizing him. And that gives me joy. Um, but it's also like the insinuations of like snakes being like very like sexy and mm -hmm. like sinuous and graceful mm -hmm. and mysterious mm -hmm. and all of these things. And so all of these actresses, whether it's Rina Roy or <sighs> Sri Devi or whoever, yeah. and they like bring that energy to it. Like when we were little, my cousin and I loved that song of Sri Devi and uh, Amrish Puri's, uh, it was so great. Fantastic. We would take her as being Sri Devi. So one of us would be Amrish Puri and we would sit cross-legged and we would keep doing this and the other one would be Sri Devi and we would like run circles around him going like that all the time. It was so great. That's <laughs> and wonderful. Then, and then we'd like, okay, my turn, my turn. Because we no one wanted to be a Rishpuri. 
you wanted to be Sri Devi, but like you had to be Amrish Puri and pay your dues yeah, to be You had to take her turns, but it was so much fun. And we would have like littler cousins, like really tiny, oh. like baby cousins. And they'd be like, we want to be part of it. They'd be like crawling into like our little like circle where we would be doing our snake dances. <laughs> it's just so great. Love it. Um, which is your favorite snake movie? Because there's so many. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, it's probably Nagin. Okay. Um, I so you really love, you mean the Rekha, uh, the Rina Roy one? I do. I do love that one a lot, partly because the cast, you might argue it's bloated, but it's got a little something for everyone. It's really, you know, and the revenge and the sequence of it and the and the way that Noggin becomes different people at different times. And like, yeah, it's so it's so fun. And it, it kind of has everything I love about snake films times several. Yeah. Right? And I also like that you know, sometimes when you have that cast of thousands, it just feels bloated and weird. And it's as though everyone's waiting their turn to have their scene. It doesn't feel like that to me in this one, even though it is fairly sequential and you don't see most of the people together, you know, crossing over a whole lot. It's fairly um, episodic, but I just, I just feel like it works. I feel like it's, it's just so much fun. It, you know, it's peak seventies fashion as well. Like Rena Roy's outfits are spectacular. Mumtaz's outfits are great. Reka's outfits are great. Um, yeah. the men look amazing. Like Kabir Betty's in there with, you know, like the, the, the bell bottoms and everything. And, um, just super, super great. Love everything about it. I think my favorite snake movie is, um, is the one with Sri Devi and Rishi Kapoor, Nagina. Yeah. But, but I think I'm partial to it because it's the first one I saw. Sure. So because it was the first one I saw, it kind of cemented it. I also liked how like creepy it was. Um, not that the other movies, I mean, creepiness is an integral part to a snake movie, right? Like you, it has mm-hmm. to be a little bit spooky and eerie. And there's like the, the supernatural aspect. And there has to be like a good tantric in there. Oh, yeah. And there has to be like the lore and the stories and the myths and everything. Like that's what makes it fun. That's why people watch Indiana Jones even today. That's the whole you know, point. And honestly, you're making me realize one of the great things about snake films is they're never about the hero they're about the heroine and the villain who are usually way more enjoyable to watch anyway like i would much rather watch those two people than jitendra oh yeah no they're (laughs) actually i feel like i this is not necessarily a well-formed thought but it is something i had thought before where i they're almost like proto-feminist right yeah. because yeah. the woman is the most important one in the in the nagin because she's always the ichadhari nagin mm-hmm. and she's always the one who is taking revenge for some reason or the other either because yeah. her mate has been killed that's the most common reason or because her whole family was destroyed there's often an environmental angle to it usually yep. having to do with deforestation or someone and- has stolen her diamond Yes, or someone has stolen for some reason. Property theft to be fabulous. She has to be fabulous. (laughs) So her diamond has been stolen. So there's she always has a reason, and I love that she's unapologetic about it and she goes for it. And the fact that she is this mystical half beast, half human, in a way, gives her that agency. Because if you did a movie where it was a perfectly normal human being, like say you, you're a perfectly normal human person called Beth. And if someone stole your diamond and you tried to go after them and take it out, you would just be jailed. Yeah. Like that would not be acceptable. And yeah. that's just not okay. But because she's a mythical animal, it's kind of okay for her to go yeah. after all these people. And she's like, boop, I'm a human again. Boop, I'm a snake. You yeah, exactly. No, I actually love it. Yeah. Like it's just such a fun way for women to just kind of like do what they want to do and not have to deal with 
too many consequences, which usually you see men doing. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's why these like snake movies are so popular among um, among women. I don't know too many men who like it, um, notable exception being my father. Um, so when my dad and my uncle were growing up, um, my grandfather had a lot of money, so he would give them um, money every Friday to go watch a movie. So my dad oh, nice. grew up, my dad and my uncle grew up watching a movie every single Friday, every single theater after school, they would go. Mm. And um, my dad told me the story, but so he was the younger one and his brother, my uncle was like eight years older. Mm. So he always called the shots and he decided what movie they were gonna see. And my, my dad was just along for the ride. And the first time that they saw a movie that scared my dad shitless, I think that was Noggin that they saw. Um, because I went to the movie theater, my dad had no idea he was a small child and the snake came and he was so terrified. He sat cross-legged in his seat he didn't want his feet to dangle because he thought there would be a snake and he just like was terrified but transfixed at the same time so when I was growing up and I started getting into these like snaky movies and I started watching like Tomereho and you know all of these films he would be like oh I still remember the first time I saw a snake movie I was terrified and I begged my brother to let me go home and he wouldn't and we had to see it and he apparently saw the whole movie like this because he was so scared (laughs) I I wish we made there were more of them today. I don't feel like yeah. not a ton. You I mean you can you can find them on YouTube and stuff. And before people say, have you seen Malika Sharawat's film? Yes, I oh, have. No. I have seen. Oh, his. you have. <laughs> I have, and I've also seen. Um, if you, I haven't seen this woman around in a little while, but I mostly don't watch Telugu films. But Mumeth Khan, who is okay. an amazing item dancer among other things, right? She is absolutely the right point, the right person for a modern snake film. And she has at least one that I have seen. Um, mm. So there's, you know, they still make them here and there, but. Um, so there's actually a very long running TV show in India produced by Ikta Kapoor. I think it's called Nagin and yep. it had, or at least it used to have Mauni Roy in it. I don't yep. know if it still does. I feel like they changed the cast, but that show was like, super popular it yeah. ran for many many seasons and for some reason um i would keep seeing it in my instagram explorer page because someone that i follow is a big fan of that show i guess <laughs> so i would keep seeing like clips and everything and honestly it looks kind of fabulous oh yeah i just don't have the time to sit through several seasons of an ikta kapoor show because those shows yeah. are so bloated yeah. but but clearly th- it's a very popular one and people very much enjoy it um, is there any animal that you, oh, you recently saw Bedia? I did. Which I loved. Yeah. How did you feel about the animals in it? Cause there were two, yeah. um, wolves. I, yeah. I loved it. I loved the wolves. I mean, they are, are they entirely digital or mostly? Di- I believe they're digital entirely. Um, I thought they did a really nice job at animating behavior that seemed dog-like to me. I don't know anything about actual wolves, so I can't speak to that. But if they were trying to evoke canineness, I thought they did a really nice job. Yeah. Um, I loved all the sort of nods to like the dog in the fi- the dog shape in the fire and the dog shape of the cliff at the end. Which, yeah. That was, a, that was a surprise to me somehow. And I was really like quite taken by that. Um, I, yeah, I really liked Vedia. I thought it was pretty great. And just I enjoyed fun. that scene where, um, so- 
I don't want to give any, give away any spoilers, but there is the one wolf that is in the cage, and then yeah. there is the other wolf that tries to get him out of the cage, and that was yeah. like I, I thought that whole sequence yeah. was also very sweet. I actually read. I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones, but I do like the direwolves in it, and I actually read that when they are shooting, um, when you're supposed to portray wolves in any kind of like TV show or at least in Hollywood movies, what they do is they actually hire huskies or malamutes, sure. so they hire dogs, and they they pretend that they're wolves but the only thing is that they usually wag their tail too much because they're excited to be on set so the tails always have to be like digitally done so if you pay really close attention anytime you see wolves in hollywood movies or in tv shows the whole body is that of a dog but then the the tail is actually digitally altered because wolves don't they don't that's you so know, funny. they don't wag their tail. That's I just so think funny. that's cute. Like you have these like gigantic like Malamus walking around set, but they're just so happy to be there. Love it. Love it. Um, have you seen, uh, this is my turn to reference a movie that most people universally hate and for Ooh. good reason. Um, and I wonder if you've seen it. Have you seen BV number one? Yes, but it's been a while and I found it forgettable, as I recall. It's the David Dhawan movie that has Sushmita Sen, mm-hmm. Salman Khan, and Karishma Kapoor banger soundtrack. Yep, it has Chunari Chunari in it. Yep. And it has a scene I really love. Again, I know this is idiotic. I know this would not happen in real life, but it is That's possible okay. that it could happen. So... Karishma and Salman are married and they have a kid and they have a dog and they live in a joint family. And Sushmita Sen is the person that Salman Khan is having an affair with. Mm. And uh, Salman is, uh, you know, seriously considering leaving Karishma and leaving his family and going and, you know, being with Sushmita Sen. And um, Karishma has started having her doubts about it. And there's a scene where Sushmita Sen wants to, this is so hokey, but like there's a scene where Sushmita Sen wants to do like the Karvachot, whatever okay. ceremony with Salman Khan. <laughs> so she's all like dressed up and she has like the thali and the, the sieve and everything. And Salman is all like smug and you just want to like slap his happy smile off his face because yeah. you're a cheater. And Sushmita Sen is all like decked up. And um, meanwhile, Karishma Kapoor is also getting ready to do her Karvacha thing, right? Like because she's his actual wife. And the Labrador comes out of nowhere and he is so offended by the fact that Sushmita is doing this that he jumps up and he like makes the sieve and the thali fall. And then of course Salman is so mad at him and he's like, what are you doing? And then the dog is just like... And then Karishma Kapoor, of course, is proud of the dog. So it's like... I love that scene. I it's like it just it just gives me such like joy. <laughs> the dog's like, no, no, absolutely not. I will not love let it. this happen. And he just love goes, it. and then he drops everything. <laughs> I love it. Is there any um animal that you want to see portrayed on um on oh. in an Indian film anytime soon? I mean, I, I want to see the some a street dog. Here's my mo. Here's my own Hey kitty kitty. Hello. So pretty. Yeah, I want I want the street dogs. Um, yes. But because representation matters and they are great. Yes. Um, I feel like there's a lot more room for cats than we tend to see, but also maybe I have just not noticed or not seen the right films. But, you know, any any and all animals are welcome, in my opinion. They make everything a little bit more interesting and creative. So I'm all for it. 
Yeah. I think uh, one of the most unusual animals that, like, not unusual, but it's it's rare to see this is the friendship between Hema Malini and Tanno in Shole. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's like a little yep. bit more unusual. I mean, yeah, there's like, you know, all these things, but that's, that's unusual. Um, so I would also like to see more farm animals. Mm. Um, there's actually a Marathi movie called Varu, which refers to a, a bullock. So oh. it's like a young bullock that mm-hmm. um, the family has decided that they're going to like sell or whatever. And the little boy is really worried because oh. he's like, why are they selling him? Like, yeah. are they, is he going to be killed for his like, yeah. like meat or something? Yeah. And so Waru is literally the name of the bullock. And the whole film is about this little boy trying to like save his bullock. Um, I have not seen it because I do not know how it ends. Um, if the movie ends on a sad note with Baru actually being eaten, then I don't want to, I don't want to watch it. But if it's just like a happy heartwarming movie, then I'll give it a shot. When was this movie made? I don't know. I don't see the Indian censor board almost ever having a film where a cow gets eaten. Do you? Well, not eaten, but like, what if he comes to a bad end? Like, what if he dies? Okay. I don't want that him to That also die. seems somewhat unlikely, but you know. Okay. Now, I mean, nowadays, obviously, would not happen, but. No. <laughs> um, but I don't want him to die. No, so as long no. as there's a happy end, I will consider watching this movie. I, so many people have recommended this movie to me because supposedly it's very good it. and yeah. it won some awards, yeah. but I just need someone to tell me that it has a happy ending. <laughs> this is one of the great things as we discussed about Brahmastra is the, is the like animal, yes. you know. All the astras. It, yeah, uh, the, that was really imaginatively done I would say yes it was a lot of fun so I love the fact that Shah Rukh was the monkey because yes. that is like so Shah Rukh energy right? right like what else could he be and then I love that Nagarjun who I felt was the weakest link in that movie I did I was not bowled over by his acting but I like that he was the Nandi Astro because mm-hmm. he kind of looks like his shoulders and everything is kind of bad yeah so that was enjoyable I am looking forward to um I think there's another movie coming out, right? Of Brahmastra so. at some point. Yeah. So that will be interesting to see. I feel like birds are also underrepresented. I was just going to say, cinema. and I feel like you see peacocks in movies in the background oh, and you see peacock yeah. inspired costuming, of course, but I do and not feel songs. like I've seen. Yeah, they are like evoked, but I don't feel I've seen one that does anything. Yeah. And maybe they are too unruly or something, but I don't, <gasps> I don't feel I don't think I've ever seen one that was sort of a character or something. I read a, I read a news article uh, the other like a while ago about how Delta Airlines was starting to crack down on um, the emotional oh. support animals because someone at SFO Airport I think tried to board the plane with their peacock. It was their emotional. Support. No, <laughs> I I saw the photo. It was like they had like the trolley, like the luggage cart at SFO, and there is this like peacock like perched on it with like his beautiful and he was the the peacock was their emotional support animal, <laughs> and Delta Airlines was like, no, <laughs> that is not an emotional support animal no something that but can, you're like, right they don't, they the don't show it that can, that can, yeah you can't have a flying creature <laughs> in loose in a plane come now well you can have snakes on a plane like that movie snakes on a plane so why not <laughs> <laughs> um go ahead i was just thinking about um uh well we haven't said this but obviously more films with crocodiles 
We need more films with crocodiles. Yes, please. Whether it's from the Roshan, House of Roshan or not, House of <laughs> um, they are clearly the croc enthusiasts, but I feel like those are great. And that was <gasps> one of the best things about Mohenjo-Daro was the crocodile. Or, so yes, um, crocodiles are great. And obviously with computer animation, it seems like the the it's even easier to put an animal in a film than it ever was. So why not? But, it, you know, as you were saying about um, snake movies, sometimes having an environmental message to them, yeah, like we got to be, you know, this is very important. So because media had a very message. strong mm-hmm. message um, mm-hmm. on that, on that, on those lines that I mm-hmm. really appreciated. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bedia is out on streaming. If you guys want to uh, go check it out, um, we did an episode on it. It's really awesome, and Bed just saw it and she liked it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my favorite movie that I would recommend. That's actually it's a it's a bunch of movies um, that I would recommend to people who love animals is actually the Harry Potter franchise. Um, I love the books. I'm a huge fan. My cats are named for Harry Potter. That one right there is magic. My other cat is Professor Minerva McGonagall. But it is the best series of movies that you can see if you like animals because there's all kinds. Mm-hmm. There's there's cats. There's Hedwig the owl who is so pretty and adorable. There's fake animals like hippogriffs and centaurs. And there's like all sorts of amazing things. There's a gigantic bloodthirsty dog that guards the gates to like whatever terrible place and that one is called Tuffy um it's just it's it's so amazing um that is like the best bang for your buck I would say Mm. for um for animals in movies I know it's not Indian cinema but still Mm. yeah I'm not thinking of many non-Indian films that are strong in animals but I'm sure there I mean there's a billion helpful dogs in Hollywood I'm sure Turner and Hooch is a good one (laughs) yes Turner and Hooch is a good one (laughs) like of course you want a mastiff to be uh, with a cop like that makes so much sense to me yeah Uh, I've never actually seen any of the Beethoven movies about the St. Bernard uh, but I you know I don't know why I haven't I think I was a little too old for them when they came out maybe I thought they were childish or something but um (gasps) yeah I mean I'll as long as I can find out the animal is okay in the end of the film, yeah. I will, I will, or I will watch it. And I, oh, can we just talk about dogs and commercials just for a second? Because, oh. you know, whenever there's the commercial that shows the little kid getting a puppy and the dog, and then the baby, like the human grow up together and then the human goes away to college and the dog is sad. And then the human comes back from college and the dog is yeah. happy. I will cry. And that's my experience, right? Like that's my experience of having dogs and um, the connection that is maintained, even though you're far away. Or if I ever want to cry, which is rare because I'm not you, yeah, I will go to YouTube and I will watch videos of people coming home after being away for a long time, like a soldier and being reunited with their dogs and their dogs just absolutely lose it. And it's so cute. It's so cute. You will love them. You will cry, 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 cry. And then YouTube will keep giving you more. The last time I cried buckets was actually, I saw a video in Ukraine of this dog that had, so their house had been, their building had been bombed or something. And so the dog got out. It was fine. It's a happy ending. But the dog uh, got out and this poor man was like distraught and he was Mm -hmm. looking for his dog everywhere. And finally he found the dog and they they were reunited. And it was like some journalist or whatever that took the video. And so you see this man and he's lost everything. His building was bombed. He's basically homeless at this point. And he doesn't know how he's going to get back on his feet and he's like he's like this and the dog sees him and the dog just like lopes towards him like running and in the background you can see all of the rubble like just how Ukraine has been devastated and this dog just comes running up to him and like he there's this big bear hug and we like even the journalist was crying I was like oh I gotta you gotta (laughs) yeah 
I think we need to stop talking before I start crying. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, this has been such a fun episode, you guys. Tell us about all of the animals um, that you love in movies. It doesn't have to be Indian movies. If there's animals you love in American movies or any other movies, that's fine. Tell us about them. Um, if you just want to share anything about your own animals, we welcome that too because we're crazy dog people, cat people. So we will happily listen to your stories. If you have like a pet tarantula, tell us. We've never had spiders as pets, but go for it if that's what you enjoy. Um, so thank you for watching this episode of Filmy Ladies, and we will be back next week with another fun episode. Um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you. Bye.